Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. We heard anecdotal stories about people cutting up pills just to be able to make it through a month because they can't afford their medications. Um, there's been reports of an uptick in shoplifting because people are stealing food and baby items. So people are already struggling with these programs turned on at the moment while they are still getting, you know, help. And without this help, where do you go? The wait for COVID disaster relief drags on. 259 days since Congress last created legislation to assist Americans in need. And the number of people filing for unemployment benefits, that's gone up for the second straight week in a row. Even if Congress is able to reach a deal by the end of this month, 13 million people are likely to see a lapse in their entire income because Congress has stalled until the end of the year to figure out this package. Last week, another 853,000 people filed for first-time claims, three times pre-pandemic levels, along with 428,000 for pandemic unemployment assistance, a federal benefit that expires after Christmas. In total, more than 19 million people are relying on unemployment, and 13 million of those will likely see a lapse in their benefits for several weeks the day after Christmas. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Rebecca Rainey on how congressional inaction and antiquated state systems have together created a situation where millions of people are set to lose their unemployment benefits this month, relief package or not. So in March, Congress passed this massive bill called the CARES Act. Now I'm going to sign this, and it's a great honor. $6.2 trillion. I've never signed anything with a T on it. I don't know if I can handle this one, Mitch. We can't chicken out at this point. That basically ensured that people who aren't eligible for unemployment insurance, typically because they are classified as independent contractors or they're self-employed. So they're not paying into the unemployment taxes um, that helps fund the unemployment insurance system. So Congress wanted to make sure that these people were covered. They created a new program called Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, and that offered 39 weeks of unemployment to people who weren't normally eligible for unemployment insurance. It also guaranteed that people who get normal state benefits who are eligible for the normal system, on average, they offer 26 weeks of unemployment, but Congress wanted to extend that to 39 weeks as well. And they did that by offering an additional 13 weeks of benefits through another program, uh, which is called PEUC. Got a lot of acronyms here. (laughs) Um, The concern is at the end of the year, those programs are set to expire. So the entire PUA program, all of those gig workers, all of the independent contractors, that entire program for them will disappear. And then that additional 13 weeks of benefits for people on state unemployment, most people are now relying on that because, again, on average, states offer about 26 weeks of benefits. So a lot of people have now fallen off their state benefits and have fallen into that extra 13 weeks of benefits. So they are going to lose also all of their income because um, those benefits will shut off at the end of the year. So how many people are 
at risk of losing those benefits at the end of the year? There are estimates from different organizations. So the Century Foundation, which is a progressive leaning organization, estimates that's going to be about 12 million people. Wow. Yeah. And that share also includes another benefit that Congress extended is called extended benefits. So when a state is experiencing high levels of unemployment, um, this program can trigger on and it can offer up to 20 extra weeks. So it would seem like that would cover it. But the problem is under the CARES Act, the government promised to also fund 50% of that. So because states have been paying out so much unemployment benefits this year under this deluge of layoffs, you know, they can't quite afford to cover that 50% share of that other extended benefits program. So the combination of these three programs all expiring at the end of the year would mean that roughly 12 million people will lose all of their income. Right now, Congress is negotiating another round of coronavirus relief. Um, this week is is basically the last week that Congress has a chance to do anything before the end of the year. If they pass a new bill sometime this week, could they prevent these millions of people from losing their lifeline? So unfortunately, no. Um, There is nothing Congress can do at this point to prevent the lapse for many of that 12 million estimate. The problem being the unemployment insurance system was not built to weather long, vast periods of unemployment. Many state systems were antiquated coming into this pandemic. Um, when the initial shutdown started happening in March and states were overwhelmed, you know, with millions of people lining up to apply for unemployment, they even had to bring people out of retirement to help understand the coding language because it was so old. Um, these are decades old computer systems paying out these benefits. So Experts who are familiar with how state unemployment programs work say it's going to take weeks for them to literally just turn the switch back on. It it will leave people waiting weeks just to get their check, even if it is backdated, you know, to these are set to cut off December 26. Even if they get that back, it doesn't matter because if you're going a month without getting a paycheck, even if you get the money you're owed, you know, you're already behind. You've already missed your rent payment. You've already are late on your credit card bills. Um, It's really hard. Even if they do get the money back, it's really hard to prevent the economic devastation that can that can go from a lapse in income for so long. So you have millions of people who, even if there's a new aid deal, are going to lose their unemployment benefits in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of winter, all because of antiquated systems for for how this stuff is run. Yes. Yep. And because Congress waited up until the last minute. And this is the same issue we had in July when people were worried about that extra $600 falling off because, you know, weekly unemployment benefits are so low. People were really worried about this huge chunk of income they were going to lose. And, you know, Congress waited until July 31st and they were warned that it was going to cut off, you know, a, a week before then. And again, it takes weeks to to plug back in. Congress is aware of this issue. It's funny because this is not my first time writing about this. We were dealing with this when we faced this cliff in July. And, and the immediate impacts for that were reductions in consumer spending. We saw that people were spending less, which hurts businesses and the small businesses that are you know struggling to keep their doors open. 
So yeah, it, it's, it's a combination, unfortunately, of really old computer systems and congressional dysfunction. What does this situation mean for unemployed people in the U.S. and also like for the U.S. economy more broadly? Um, a lot of the advocacy groups we spoke with for this story really said that this is coming at the worst time possible. How bad is it? Washington knows. Only 31 days remain until major relief measures expire, including unemployment benefits, protections against evicting those who cannot pay their rent, and the deferment of student loans. We've been dealing with this since March. We've seen, you know, mass unemployment since March. Some people have been out of work for that long. So now that we have a federal eviction moratorium expiring and their main source of income just vanishing for a few weeks, I mean, what that means is, you know, people the day after Christmas are going to face an even more, you know, dire choice than they were earlier this year. I mean, if they're being kicked out of their homes um, because building owners no longer have to follow this eviction moratorium, um, and if people don't have food on in the fridge, where do you go? Um, you know, we spoke with nonprofits and food banks, and they are also stretched incredibly thin, in part because people have less money to give, and also just because of increased demand. They said they saw a 60% increase of demand this year. Um, I spoke with someone who runs an organization that is made up of nonprofits, and they even spoke of seeing some of their previous volunteers and donors, you know, in line seeking help. So we're facing just a, a really dire, scary economic situation. What this means ultimately is that it's going to depress consumer demand, especially at a time of year when businesses are planning for an increase because it's the holiday season and people tend to spend more. So this is going to take a huge hit on the consumer spending that we typically see during the holiday season, which could potentially you know, build already on the poor economic situation that businesses are facing right now. Rebecca Rainey, thanks so much for talking with me. Yeah, of course. Really appreciate it. Also today, Pfizer is now shipping out its coronavirus vaccine in the U.S. after the FDA issued an emergency use authorization for it on Friday. Trucks carrying the first doses started rolling out of the drugmaker's plant in Kalamazoo, Michigan on Sunday morning. Roughly 2.9 million doses are going out in the first shipments. Federal officials say another 2.9 million will be reserved for people to receive their second dose of the shot, which is supposed to be administered three weeks later. They're cautioning that the initial supply is extremely limited and will only go to people at highest risk. The CDC is recommending healthcare workers and long-term care facility residents get the vaccine first, though states and territories have final say over who they choose to prioritize. And Germany is announcing a new nationwide lockdown, with shops and schools closing on Wednesday, at least until January 10th. In a press conference on Sunday, Chancellor Angela Merkel said only a few shops, like supermarkets and pharmacies, will be allowed to stay open, saying, quote, We are forced to act, and we are acting now. Germany had introduced a partial lockdown in early November, which included the closure of bars and restaurants, but kept shops open. 
Officials say those measures have failed to bring down the number of infections, which have been surging in recent weeks, with a new record of daily deaths in the country reported on Friday. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.